center field on fire. An umpire's wife with pine tar bats, spitballs, and cork personalities. This is the story of one of baseball's most respected umpires. Dave Phillips has seen it all throughout her remarkable 32-year career umpiring in the major leagues. A few people have been involved in as many historic, controversial, and just plain strange incidents on a baseball diamond. Joining us on the program to talk about some of his experiences in the book is Dave Phillips. And Dave, thanks for spending a few minutes with us this morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great, thank you. I read the book last night, Dave, and it is just filled with some fascinating behind-the-scenes stories that uh, I think any baseball fan would love. Uh, one of the reasons I think people should enjoy this book, it gives a unique perspective from an umpire's point of view, and I don't think it's been done before. Is that right? You're the first umpire to write a book like this? Well, not really. I think Ron Luciano wrote a couple. He was pretty successful with his. His was a little bit more uh, humorous and uh, of that kind of a book, but uh, this has been a fun experience for me. I uh, didn't know, didn't have any expectations when we started it, but uh, it's turned out to be a real neat project, and I think it's a fun read. What was it like writing the book? Do you recall some of the great stories of uh, dealing with a lot of the great personalities? Uh, what was your process like in writing it? Well, I started off with just uh, chatting with uh, Rob Raines, who did a, a marvelous job of taking my uh, verbal verbal uh, stories and putting them into words. Sometimes you're always concerned whether or not a lot of times I do speaking engagements, and that's what precipitated this was the fact that a lot of people thought I had some unbelievable funny stories. I'd put them in a book, and uh, you know you always worry about getting it from the verbal side onto the written side and see if it still comes across the way you want it to, and I feel very good about that. He did a nice job. It really feels like you're talking to the reader through it. That's the impression I got just reading through the book, which is a difficult thing to do when you're writing. Yeah, it was, as I said, it was a fun, a fun project. There's a lot of funny stories. I guess people have referred to me as Forrest Gump. I either was in the right place, <laughs> right time, or wrong place, wrong time. I'm not sure which. But, uh, you know, a lot of things happened throughout my career, and uh, uh, we talked about a lot of them in the book. You worked your way up through the minors. Your dad was an umpire. Talk a little bit about the difficulties of actually becoming a major league umpire. It's not an easy uh, path to take. Well, becoming a major league umpire is certainly uh, something that I highly, I, I highly recommend for anybody that would like to choose to pr pursue that profession. But it is a very difficult task. I mean, to get a job in the major leagues, basically, uh, there's a lot of things you have to do. But first of all, you have to have somebody die, retire, get fired for an opening to be created. And if that happens, uh, of course, you've got to work yourself up through the minor leagues. You've pretty much got to be rated as... I, I would suspect the best umpire in every league that you work in to be to, the, to consider to be moved up. So the job is very, very competitive and very, very difficult to get to the major leagues, but I certainly had a wonderful career of 32 years in the major leagues. Incredible career. You've seen so many uh, unusual things in your 32 years. You talk a lot about that in the book. Uh, we'll get to some of that in a minute. But uh, really, the only way to become an umpire, you have to go to one or two different umpiring schools. Is that right? One in Florida? Yeah, there's two umpiring schools uh, in Florida. Uh, one is the Jim Evans Umpiring School, and the other one is the Harry Windlestead Umpiring School. And they're both six-week courses. They go over everything, ball strikes, safe out, fair falls, all the rules, all the interpretations. Of course, they rate and evaluate you on a regular basis. Uh, and after the school's over... Uh, if you're good enough, you're selected to go to accelerated camp, and then from there they select you to go in the rookie leagues and so on, and then you start your, your quest to, to become a major league umpire by working your way up through the minor leagues. Usually you start the A League, like you said, then you started out in the Midwest, right? Mm -hmm. I started in the Midwest League, and I went to the Texas League, and then the International League. took me seven years, and uh, as I say, I was very fortunate. I came to the big leagues as one of the youngest umpires in the history of Major League Baseball at that time, and I was somewhat of a guinea pig. They, at that time, they had not considered umpires until they were 30, 33, 34 years old, and mm -hmm. uh, they, they, they took a chance with some of us younger guys, and uh, in doing so, it created more longevity for umpiring and umpiring careers. 
You talk about uh, the first day you pulled into uh, umpire uh, training school, and you were almost uh, you know, tempted to drive away. Uh, what kind of personality do you need to really become an ump? Because it's, it's not an easy deal, thing to deal with. You're always uh, dealing with people yelling at you. Well, I came down to Florida, and I was a young 20-year-old going to an umpiring school and had all the vim and vigor until I got down there, and I, I, I had... I guess a lot of the same insecurities that anybody else would have uh, pursuing something that is unknown. And I didn't know what the competition was going to be like. And I sat out in front of the umpiring school, as I said in the book, for, I guess, 15, 20 minutes thinking, did I really want to go in there? And uh, when I went in there, I found uh, to be the case, as most cases happen, that everybody else in there was in the same insecure feeling that I had. No one knew what to expect. And so consequently, I fit in very well. And we, we, uh, you know, went through the six-week course, became good friends with some of the guys, and some of them are still friends of mine today. Dave Phillips joined us on the program, Centerfield on Fire. It's published by uh, Triumph Books. Uh, lots of great personalities that uh, you have some wonderful stories about. Maybe just a few words on each. I'll throw out a name to you. Uh, Earl Weaver. Oh, he's a difficult manager, <laughs> highly competitive, and uh, I guess he called me everything but my first name at times, too. <laughs> Dick Williams. You had some interesting stories about him. Well, he was a prickly guy to deal with. He was a visible human being, to put it very bluntly. Uh, he was probably the most... Uh, uh, probably the most disliked person in the major leagues in my career from not only the umpiring standpoint but a lot of the players didn't like him as well he's just a difficult guy to deal with and uh, uh you know i i always thought he was the one of the highlights of my career highlight being the fact that when he was in the american league he signed a long-term contract to manage in the national league so when he went over to the national league that was certainly a highlight for me so he got out of our league and uh, Billy Martin was uh, another guy. I thought guy. Billy was probably the best manager I had in my career. He was a talented manager for any two-year period. He, there was no better manager in the league for any team. Uh, but after the two-year period, it seemed like he always self-destructed, whether for whatever reason, and then, then he would move on to a different team. But really a talented uh, person and a very knowledgeable guy between the white lines. Billy was a great tactician of the game. Had also, unfortunately, the personal problems that ended in his uh, untimely death early on. But he was a great, uh, great tactician in the in the ma- in the managerial box. He truly was, yes. He really was. Some of the great moments you've seen on the diamond. Uh, obviously, you uh, umped the Pine Tar makeup game, and uh, tell a little bit about that. Story. Well, it was an interesting part. Uh, you know, George Brett was called out for having too much Pine Tar in his bat. Of course, the the Royals went went crazy on that situation, protested the game, and Lee McPhail upheld the protest, and he uh, made him play the game from the time when George Brett hit the home run. Well, I was in Seattle when the first game was played, and when they made the, when they made the makeup game starting in the ninth inning, as though George Brett had just hit the home run, that's when we played the, started the game up again. And uh, uh, when we started the game up, George Frazier was pitching for the Yankees. He got finished with his warm-up pitches, immediately turned around and threw it to second base. Willie Randolph caught the ball, tagged second, and he looked at me and he said, Dave, he says, George Brett missed second base two months ago. <laughs> well, I, I laughed at him, and I was fortunate that uh, the American League had heard some rumors that Billy might do this, and therefore they uh, had me armed with, a, with an affidavit which stated that not only did George uh, Brett touch first, second, third, and home respectively, but he did, did so in order and legally, and uh, therefore, uh, even though I wasn't there, the umpires had signed it and uh, had it notarized by a, a, a notary public, and then uh, uh, and then also uh, with a, uh, a judge signing it. So it was kind of funny. I remember showing Billy the affidavit on the field. It's a famous <laughs> picture. It's in the book, in fact. Yeah. And, uh, he uh, he looked at me and he says, well, uh, it's an affa freaking what? And he didn't quite say it that no, way, but no. that's about <laughs> what he meant. And then he, he I told him and he said, well, I'll be an SOB and walked away. And that was the end of it. We had a four-hour game. It was over. Our guest is Dave Phillips. Can you hang on just for about two minutes? I want to ask you a couple more sure, questions about sure. baseball. We're going to take a short break. <laughs> 
1220. And we're talking with Dave Phillips, one of the most respected umpires in Major League uh, Baseball history. The name of the book is Center Field on Fire, and it's uh, published by Triumph Books. And, and uh, Dave, uh, as I mentioned before, just reading the book last night, uh, you touch on a lot of the uh, important issues of baseball. You, you talk about a little about steroids and uh, uh, the Richie Phillips uh, resignation strategy. Uh, we don't have time to get really get into that now, but uh, just a couple of words on, on your feelings on the state of baseball right now. Oh, I think the baseball is, is, is obviously still uh, my favorite pastime. I think it's got some 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 problems. Uh, they need to address some, steroids being one of them. I think uh, the competitive balance is an important issue. They, they've tried to address it in some fashion, but in reality, until they get something that's close to salary cap, uh, it's not going to be a competitive balance. I mean, it's still the Yankees and still the Red Sox and the Los Angeles Dodgers and the big market teams are still going to be there year after year. Uh, maybe one, one might be a different team, but it'll still be those teams. The other teams always have to do a lesser role in, in the competitive balance. So they're going to have to address the lot of issues along those lines. Yeah, definitely we'll have to do something because uh, the, the salaries are just totally out of whack. You have the aberration like the Marlins winning, but look at the other teams that were in the playoffs. It's all the high market, uh, high payroll teams. Well, you gotta you got to get it to the point when teams leave spring training that they have a reasonable feeling that there, there's a possibility of being competitive and also winning. And, and, and right now, there's, there's 20 teams, 25 teams every year that leave spring training, no chance of winning. And they know full well that that's not going to be the case unless they just happen to strike lightning or something unbelievably happens. Steroids is another issue. Baseball has to rid themselves of no different than football has and the Olympics has. They're doing it right. Baseball needs to step up. And, and, and the Players Association has to be partners in that issue. They're representing their players, but by the same token, their players are uh, people that are going to grow up and, uh, and, and, and as they get older have some real significant health problems, and they need to address that as well. Absolutely. Uh, what have you been doing since retiring? Well, I mean, I've been, it's very easy for me to retire. I, uh, you know, I had three knee, knee surgeries, and I couldn't run any longer, and uh, by guys and everything I could uh, see, so <laughs> you can't see and you can't run by guys this time that maybe could sit. But I've been enjoying myself, uh, spending some time with my grandkids, been been at home, did a little little traveling by my choice rather than having to be someplace. And uh, and I do a radio show on KMOX uh, in the book course. Oh yeah, St. Louis. Rather busy. Yeah, in St. Louis. Yeah, I live in St. Louis, and we have a two-hour radio show after the Cardinal game every Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's called Baseball Sunday, and it's kind of an interesting, uh, fun uh, call-in type show. And I've enjoyed that aspect of it. And as I say, the book, uh, with Father's Day coming up, it's been really, really busy with uh, a lot of people wanting to uh, get something for their father. And they think this would be a funny uh, funny book, and it has been. It's been a good book for them. Make a great gift. Centerfield on Fire, published by Triumph Books. We've been talking with Dave Phillips, and it's been a pleasure to spend a couple of minutes with you, Dave. Hopefully we'll do it again down the road. Doug, I thank you for having me, and uh, you guys have a great day. And I'll be down in Florida not too far from, not too far from now. Yeah, maybe so. next spring training. We'll have you stop by the station here in I San Francisco. I would love it.